Life is full of things that you don't always want to do. We don't live a life ever doing things just that we want to do. We have to add things in there that adds adversity to us. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the podcast, episode 155. Happy Monday. Thanks for being here with me. Thanks for uh, all you longtime listeners, and thanks for you brand new listeners that just came and found this. We answer your questions, and you email me, grangersmithpodcast at gmail.com. That's what we do on this podcast. Well, that's what I do on this podcast, and I will answer anything you got. Could be about any subject. Could be about anything you're going through, anything you're excited about, anything you're worried about or anxious about, maybe something you really love email me. Let's talk about it like we're sitting in the cab of a truck and we're driving down the road and and you say, hey man, I got something I want to run by you. And we just dissect it in long form. There's no rush on this. First question here. Subject line says hi, but not H-I, H-I-G-H. It says, hello, hope you're doing well today. I'm 19. I have a question. Why do you think marijuana is illegal? It's one of the most natural herbs, all from God, not man-made. It comes from a seed that you cover in dirt, and the sun and rain helps it thrive and grow, all from the gifts of God. Why is it considered illegal or a sin? Have a great day. Hope to hear back from you about this question. Yeah, question, um, I'm not going to say who it comes from because they didn't say, so we'll, we'll call you Anonymous. Anonymous, thanks for kicking off the show. Thanks for the email and... Um, this one's pretty straightforward. Things that are a sin, that has nothing to do with if it's all natural or not. Like there's, there's nothing in the Bible that says, if it is all natural, then it is good for you. You know, like, like a woman is all natural for you. You know, like a, a man that you shouldn't be with is all natural. I mean, hopefully the man is all natural, made from the earth. <laughs> So that has nothing to do with it. Uh, What it does have everything to do with is it numbs your brain. It transforms your mind. It changes your thoughts. It alters you and your consciousness in a way. Now, the more you have, the more it's going to do it. But this is why it is illegal to drive while under the influence of marijuana. You can't get pulled over super high. Why? Because your reflexes have changed. Your decision-making patterns are changed through the substance. It doesn't matter if it's, if it's chemically made by meth or if it's naturally grown like marijuana. The reason it's illegal and if you get pulled over super high, you're going to get arrested or lose your license or get a big fine in some way. The reason for that is because your judgment is impaired. So say you're not driving. Say, let's take driving out of it. Your judgment is still impaired even when you're not running heavy machinery. So the reason it's a sin is because your judgment and your, your cognitive ability to, to discern the will of God with your mind is now changed. It's now altered. That's why it's a sin. I don't think I have to say any more than that. Second question, subject line says, God's timing or devil's temptation? Should be interesting. 
Anonymous. And it says, I found so much peace through your advice on your podcast. Thank you for your service to those who need it most. I encourage you to keep doing God's work and guiding people to his love. Thank you. The body of the email says, Since my last email to you, I've been working on my relationship with God through reading the Bible and daily prayer. Also, I've asked my boyfriend of three years now for a break so I can work on myself and figure out where God is taking my life. I've also been honest with him, letting him know that I feel that he treats me as if we're just friends with benefits and I no longer feel the connection. I fell in love with my ex-boyfriend five years ago and we have yet to duplicate those same feelings in someone else. My current boyfriend took it pretty hard and begs me daily to work on our relationship. He's a great guy who checks most of the boxes and could make an incredible husband one day, but I question whether or not he's the one for me. I'm having a hard time figuring out where God is trying to lead me. My ex and I have had some years to grow and mature. Recently, my ex reached out, and I thought that God was providing me with the closure I needed to move on. Now I'm left wondering if God was trying to open that door back up for me to follow. Is God trying to lead me towards my ex? Or is this just the devil trying to distract me from what God has put right in front of me in my current relationship? Thanks so much for your time and advice. Well, Anonymous, let's get to this one. Let's dig into this a little bit. It's a lot. That's a lot to, to dig into, and we could do it. My first thought, just like first read, and, and by the way, guys, I don't have notes. I don't prepare on these emails. I don't, I don't prepare with, with answers because I've pre-read them and dissected them. I'm reading it for the first time, and you're hearing it with me reading it for the first time. So we're all brand new to every email I read. So the, the first read of this, I'm going to say, Anonymous, you've got boy problems. You're, you're boy crazy right now. You're, you're desperate to be in a relationship and you're, you're thinking, no, I'm not, I'm not desperate, but it sounds like you're just not content single where you are right now. Now it started out by you saying you took a break from your boyfriend so that you could work on yourself and figure out where God is taking your life. That's what you said. Now I have mentioned it on this podcast before that that is an excuse for, I just don't love you. Like I'm, I'm not that into you. So we say things like, I need to focus more on my career, or I need to take some time for me, or I need to take some time for God, or this long distance thing is too hard on me, or my parents want us to break up. There's, there's a thousand excuses that we come up with, but the bottom line is what we're trying to say to the other person is, I just don't totally love you. Because if I did, I would overcome all these obstacles to make it work because I'm connected to you and I love you and I will sacrifice for you and I'm going to be selfish to you or selfless to you and not selfish, right? And so it's okay. It's okay. I understand what you're saying. I'm going to take some time off to find out where God's taking me in my life. I understand that, but I also understand that what you're saying is you don't really love this guy and that's obvious, okay? So now you're thinking, now that we broke up, now that I'm taking time to figure out where God has taken my life, oh man, now that I think about it, this ex-boyfriend was pretty awesome. And he just reached out to me. Hindsight's twenty twenty. You forget why you broke up. I don't know why you broke up, but you, we forget that so easily 
And then we date somebody that we're not totally into and we're like, man, but the one before this, I really loved. I was really into that guy. I know we were toxic. You know, we had we had drama all the time because we butted heads, but we were very passionate about each other and we definitely had love and I was definitely attracted. Not like this new guy who was great and a good could be a future husband and checked all the boxes, but we just didn't have passion. We just didn't have like this great attraction for each other like I did with the ex. So then you go back to the ex and then of course he messages you and you say, man, is this, this is like a sign from God. He messaged me, oh man, this is a sign. God's trying to bring him into my life. Or maybe it's the devil. Like the, Maybe the devil is just trying to tempt me and this is a test. I, I need to wonder if I'm going to pass the test. You, you got a lot going on in your head and I'm going to make it really simple. Neither one of these guys are right for you. Neither one of them. If you want to truly take time, like you said, take some time to figure out what God, what direction he's taking you, then do that. That's the best solution. Not getting back with an ex for whatever the reason. Maybe you screwed up. Maybe he screwed up. Maybe you've grown since then. Maybe you forgive him. Maybe he forgives you. That's irrelevant. Right now is the time just to be single and content. Lean into your hobbies. Lean, in, lean into your church groups. Lean into your girlfriends. But now's not the time to jump into an old relationship, like going back and buying. That's like, that's like buying your childhood home so you can live there again, so you can have some of those old memories. But then you forget, oh, yeah, I didn't, I didn't totally love this home. You know, it's like you, you're... you're you got a lot going on. And I want to tell you to pump the brakes. Neither one of these guys is right. Um, you're, you're talking about how you're getting close to God and you, you've been praying a lot. You've been, you know, well, we can discern God's will for, for our lives by diving into the word and soaking it up, saying, God, I'm following your lead. I'm following your direction, not mine, not some ex-boyfriend that's just randomly messaging. And I think he's gotten better. No, that's my advice. Cab out of the truck. We're, we're driving together. I'm, I'm like, hey, no, neither one of them. All right, let's hit another one here. This one has no subject. It says, hey, Granger, I feel like I've been trapped in this situation. I've been playing football for the past three going on four years. After my third year, I kind of went into this depressed state and lost my interest in doing it, talking about football. Here I am in my freshman year of high school, and I don't want to quit because I've come this far, And but it's getting to be too much. If I quit, I will live with that regret forever, and I can't let my team down. I don't know what to do in this situation. Please keep me anonymous. Thank you. Yeah, okay, anonymous. Um, so what's happening here is freshman year of high school, I played football all, all through those years. And so freshman year of high school, things are changing mentally, things are changing physically. And, and with a contact sport, like football, um, like baseball, like basketball, like soccer, um, you you start changing around your age. So what are you, you're like 15, 16 years old, somewhere in there, 15, 16. And so it's totally natural for you to, to wake up one day and be like, man, I'm just not into this football thing. I used to be when I was 12, 13, 14, but I'm changing physically. 
Um, I'm mentally, I'm past it. I'm just not into it anymore. That's totally understandable. But you are right in one, one piece of your email here. You're right in thinking you can't quit on your teammates. You've come this far. And you're going to regret that. You absolutely will regret it no matter how much you hate football, no how much you think you're depressed. By the way, if you're depressed over this, then um, there, there's bigger things in life to be depressed about. But that, that's a side note. But you're going to regret this. You're going to, you're going to look back 10 years from now and go, you know what? I, I let off of my teammates. I quit halfway through the season. And we only had eight more games left. Like, look, it's... From when I'm reading this email, it's the end of September, 1st of October. You're past the hard part. You're past the summertime two-a-days. It's just coasting now. Now you just got practice and games. That's the fun part. So make it through this season. Make it through. You don't have to play next year. Don't, don't sign up your sophomore year. I do encourage you to sign up for something different. Like maybe it's band or choir or chess or drama or something, another sport but do something, get involved with something, replace football with something else. Okay, don't just sit on the couch at home and play video games or something like that. I'm not saying that's who you are, I don't know, but don't do that. Don't replace it with nothing, okay, with laziness. Make it through this year. And as hard as it might be this year, as you're pushing forward, just think to yourself, I'm doing hard things right now. This is good for me. I'm learning through this kind of adversity, through something I don't really want to do, but I'm showing up. My alarm goes off. I'm getting up. I'm grabbing my jersey. I'm putting my pads in, right? I'm, get, I'm getting dressed in the locker room with my guys, and I'm, I'm ready to go out, and it's hot, and we have a tough game coming up, and I'm studying film, and I, I don't really want to, but I'm doing it because this is a hard thing, and this is going to prepare me in my life for doing things that I don't love to do, because guess what, Anonymous? Life is full of things that you don't always want to do. We don't live a life ever doing things just that we want to do. We have to add things in there that adds adversity to us because that, that shapes us. It refines us. Competition, adversity, problems, suffering. It helps us. It grows us. We get stronger when we come out of it like anything in life anything. You know, they say pressure makes diamonds, right? Well, that, that's a silly analogy, but it's absolutely true at the same time. It takes pressure. We need that pressure. We need showing up every day going, I don't love it, but I'm showing up. And that's going to teach you down the road 10 years from now, you're going to go, I don't like this boss. I don't like this job necessarily. I don't like the task that this job and this boss put me on. But I know from 10 years ago, when I didn't like football and I pressed on, I know I could do it because my mind is stronger than my body. I could push forward and go, you know what? I'm going to finish. I'm going to finish for my teammates. I'm going to finish for myself so that I know that I'm not a quitter. You don't have to play next year, but push through it. And while you're doing it, in the pain, in the pressure, just remind yourself, preach to yourself, this pressure is refining me. It's making me better. I'm learning. I'm going to be a better person because of this. Next question. Subject line says, stay anonymous. This guy's serious about anonymous. 
Okay, it says, hey, Granger, I got divorced six years ago. It had a bad ending. I've never stopped loving her. We have a kid together. We co-parent great together. I've tried dating, but it never clicks with anyone. She was married and then got divorced recently again. I feel like I'm healed emotionally, but is it wrong to always feel this way? Thanks for your time. All right, Anonymous, thanks for the email. And you are not alone in this situation. A lot of people are going through exactly what you're going through. Um, Mistakes in the past, maybe you were in your 20s, maybe you made some mistakes in the marriage, maybe she made some mistakes. Maybe you've moved on and now you feel like you're a better person because of it. The reason this is different from the, the email about the girl with the ex, the reason this is very different, well, two reasons. One, you were married. Two, you have a kid. So when we have babies, they then become a giant priority in the marriage, in our lives forever until we die. So I'm going to suggest in this kind of situation, I've known a lot of people who were married, had a baby, got divorced, dated, grew emotionally, and then got back together with the ex-spouse and remarried. I don't think that's too far off to tell you that, Anonymous. Maybe it's time to call her up and say, hey, can we have some coffee? Can we have some dinner without the kid? Just me and you. We haven't done that in a long time. I know it might be weird. It might be awkward, but I'd like to just take you to dinner and just talk off the record. Take her out. Tell her this. Say, look, I screwed up. Six years ago, I screwed up. I know we had a bad ending. And I still regret that bad ending. And I feel like I've grown since then. I feel like I've grown emotionally. And I know this might be crazy, but I'd like to suggest taking you out, dating you again. I know that sounds wild, but I love you. And we co-parent great together. And we have, we have this child and this child depends on us. And it would mean everything to the child to have mom, biological mom and dad together in the same house. Would you consider, and don't move too fast, Anonymous, like you're not going to move in with her, she's not going to move in with you. Not yet. Take it slow. Start with some dates. Be selfless about those dates. Pour into her. Show her that you're a new person. Not in a fake way, not in, not in a used car salesman way that's going to wear off in a year, but legitimately open up your heart. Be selfless. Just say, hey, I'm, I'm not going to argue with you. I'm not going to try to be right all the time. I'm going to forgive you if you did something bad. And I ask that you forgive me. And I don't want to screw this up, but I love you. I mean, it's, this is a good scenario. I like this scenario a lot. And this is what I'd tell you if we were... If we were best buds and we're sitting around a campfire, I'd say, ma'am, go back to the ex. Remarry. Start fresh. You've learned a lot since the last time. Put that into action. Take a break. Be right back.
Thank y'all for listening to the podcast. I love that you do that. If you don't mind, help share this with a friend. Let them know that you like it. Let them know that you're getting something out of it. That helps me out a lot. If you want to get a hold of me, go to cameo.com slash Grangersmith, and I will make you a personal video message saying whatever you want. Could be happy birthday or Merry Christmas or happy Thanksgiving or some words of encouragement. I'll say whatever you need me to say to whoever you need me to say it to. You could also download the Cameo app, that's C-A-M-E-O, and search for me, Granger Smith, or go to cameo.com slash Granger Smith. It's super easy, and especially during the holidays, I do a lot of these for people that want a last-minute Christmas gift or maybe something just very unique. And like I said, I'll say whatever you need me to say. Another important announcement is this Friday, September 30th, is our Yee Yee Apparel Fall Launch. This is not your normal apparel launch because all of our stuff is custom designed, custom stitched, custom made just for you and Yee Yee Nation. Go early because it's going to start at 10 a.m. Central at yeeyee.com and then stuff will go quick. So I want to make sure you get the size that you need. And then we don't typically reorder once the sizes run out. We have some coats and jackets that are some of the coolest ones we've ever had. And those are the ones that usually go first. So show up early, 10 a.m., yeeyee.com, and get your favorites before they're gone. Back to the podcast. Welcome back to the podcast. Okay, getting right back into the inbox here. Subject line on the next email says, should I go for it? And the question says, hey, Granger, my name's Renee. I'm from a small town in Michigan. I'm just asking for a little bit of guidance and advice. I graduated last year and have been working full-time since then. I've been noticing recently that every day I go to work, it feels like I'm just in this cycle and I'm not growing as a person, sometimes even dreading going. I want to learn, go to college for criminal justice and try to start looking for better opportunities for me. But my problem is... One day I'm ready to go for it. The next day, I just want to stay in my job, in my comfort zone. If you have any advice for just going for it or what you would do in this kind of situation, be appreciated. Love you and your music. Thanks, Renee. Renee, thanks for the email. And yeah, this is, this is pretty simple for me. If, if we were friends, this is what I would say, Renee, and we are friends, right? I would say you're right in your thinking. I feel like on on one side of the coin, I say that that typically this generation, this culture gets dissatisfied too quickly, and we have a problem with being content. so i do I do want to address that. we We have a problem with being content. I'm one of them. Everyone feels this way. that's that's the nature of this generation. so there there is something to say for sticking with a job and and doing a great job at it for a long time, regardless of the circumstances or the drama around you. Just having a commitment for many years is very admirable. I'll say that first. Second, to address your question more directly, I think you're you're feeling a calling for something, something greater in your life, something that's greater than yourself, which is why you're you're men- mentioning criminal justice. So the way we go about this is we aim small. We start small, right? So what I meant to say is we aim low. We aim low and start small. Meaning, if you're going to clean the garage, you can't look at the whole garage and go, 
I got to find a day in my schedule when I have enough hours to clean this whole garage because it's going to take a long time. That, that just puts off, it prolongs the job itself. Instead, a better solution is I'm going to take five minutes a day. I'm going to take 10 minutes or I'm going to take one minute. If that's all I have, I'm going to take one minute. I'm going to take one thing out of place in this garage. And I'm going to put it up. I'm going to donate it. I'm going to sell it. I'm going to trash it. So, and then when, I, when that small one minute job is finished, I'm going to go in the corner. I'm going to go, okay, just this corner of the garage right here. Is, this whole garage is messy, but right here in the corner, I'm going to start here and I'm going to take one item out. That makes the whole task a lot easier. It's like they say, how do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time. So that's the same thing with this big transition you have at work. So you're saying to repeat your email, I want to learn, go to college for criminal justice, try to start looking for better opportunities. But then the problem is one day you're ready and ready to go for it. Then the next day you just want to stay in your comfort zone. Well, the reason you want to stay in your comfort zone is because it just seems so daunting to do all this. It's like, ah, I want a job in criminal justice, but that got so much to do and like college admissions and and paperwork and meeting people. And then I got to delegate new time to this new career path. That just sounds like so much work. So instead, you just start small. You research, you spend, spend 30 minutes researching a career opportunity for criminal justice. Maybe in your hometown, maybe in one town over, something in a 30-minute area. You just go, you just show up and just go, hey, I want to, I want to get a job here, but I need to know the requirements. What's the job requirements to get in here? What's the entry-level requirements? And they go, Yeah, no problem. You need to have this kind of degree. You need to have this kind of experience. And you go, cool, got it. And you go home, you live your life, you back go back to your boring job that you don't like. But now you have some information to build on. So this is the foundation you're building. The next step would be whatever kind of educational requirement that job had, you go to their website, a couple of them, and you find a, a school, an online school of some sort, and maybe it's, a, maybe it's a part-time night school type thing in your town. And then you go to that website and you go, what's the price of tuition? What's the, the time requirement that it, that it would take? And what are the requirements to get into the school? Maybe they say you need a high school GED and you, you need to fill out this application. So you go and you spend 10 minutes and you get on your phone or your computer and you fill out the application and you submit it. Then you go back to your boring job and you continue living your life. So you're taking one bite of the elephant at a, at a time. So then you're slowly filling in the blanks of this puzzle, right? The pieces are starting to come together slowly. It's like, have you ever put together a big jigsaw puzzle and you, you, you fits, fills up a whole table? Well, you don't expect to just finish the jigsaw puzzle in one sitting, do you? Now, that's kind of the fun thing about puzzles is you just take it one piece at a time. And then you sit down and someday you sit down, you don't find any pieces at all. Like you start with the edges, you know, like you find the corners and the edges and that's the easiest part because they're flat on one side, but those middle parts are pretty hard. So you just wait. You don't expect to do it today. But now that you have, you find out what you need for the job 
And then you find out what you need for the admissions to the education, and then you just keep following the path. So then the next step is you wait for that admissions to come back, and then they email you and they say, hey, Renee, congratulations, you've been accepted to this criminal justice night school. And then you go, okay, cool. I'm going to sign up for classes in the fall. And then you get an email and it goes, cool, here's your classes. And you start, so you're not trying to finish the puzzle on day one. You're just like, yeah, I'm just following this, slowly following this path. At any time, you can go, you know what? I've realized through this path that I'm not unhappy in my current job. That's something else making me unhappy. It's not my job. It's, it's another issue. But it, now you know, and you've accomplished that little piece of information. You figured out because of these bites of the elephant that you're taking. And then over time, you don't have to put a certain limit on it, but after time, you look back and you go, man, it's been two years. I just finished this criminal justice degree. This is great. Like I did it. Nothing really, it didn't take that much of a time commitment, or maybe it did, but you're, you're happy for it. So then you go back to step one and you go back to that criminal justice department whatever it is, police department, whatever. And you show up and you go, hey, my name's Renee and I'm here to apply for a job. And they say, well, you need, a, you need college credit for that. And you go, you slide that little piece of paper on the desk and go, here it is, here it is. This is my resume. Here's my degree papers that I've been working on the last two years. And you see where you go from there. But one bite at a time, one puzzle piece at a time, starting with the edges. Next question. Let's find one here. Let's randomly scroll. Subject line says, Granger. Says, hey, Granger, I need some advice. I'm 31 years old, and my father has been in and out of my life. He left me at three when his stepfather, his stepfather sexually abused me and called me a liar. I'm having a hard time forgiving him, though he won't give me that kind of closure that I need. I wanted to sit down and talk a few months back, but he blocked me. How do I forgive someone who has caused so much damage and to get the closure that I need to move on? How do I forgive someone and get closure to someone who has caused me so much damage? Okay. Question comes from Amy. A-I-M-E-E, like the song. Amy, what you gonna do? Okay, so I'm sorry for your situation and, and I appreciate the email and, and your vulnerability and trusting this podcast with something uh, so sensitive to you. And we get a lot of questions about forgiveness. And first thing I would say, just from 155 episodes of this podcast, first thing I would say is you are not alone. You're not the only one that this has happened to. You're not the only one looking for closure and trying to figure out a way to forgive. And forgiveness is a tough thing. And the way I usually lead with this is we have to preach it to ourselves. We have to say it out loud and let our heart catch up later. So it's like, Dad, I forgive you. Think if you said this every morning. Dad, I forgive you. I truly forgive you. And then your heart screams out, no, I don't, no, I don't, no, I don't. And you go, dad, I forgive you. 
because, because I'm not perfect. And God forgave me out of my imperfections. Despite all my problems, God forgave me. And we don't rank problems. We don't say, but dad, you have more problems than me. We don't rank it. We just say, so dad, I forgive you. We can do that. And that's what we can control our own mind. We go, dad, I I forgive you. I have closure in this because I forgive you. We don't get closure because of what, how the person reacts to that. So maybe you still have this number. Maybe he blocked you on something, maybe social media, but you have another way to get a hold of him. And you could just tell him that. Dad, I just want to let you know, I genuinely forgive you. No strings attached. You don't need to do anything. You don't need to change. You don't need to tell me you're sorry. You don't need to rebuke the, your stepdad for sexually abusing me. You don't need to do it. I'm just telling you, no strings attached. I forgive you. That's what you can control. And then you, you dismiss the uncontrollables. The uncontrollables are how he reacts to you because you cannot control how he reacts to you. All of that being said, here's a kicker, okay? Forgiveness is not trust. I'll say that again. Forgiveness does not equal trust. You can forgive somebody and still not trust them. So don't don't take that the wrong way. It's a misconception to think that you can forgive someone and that means you let them back into your life and you trust them. That doesn't mean that. You can forgive someone and still maintain space and go, I forgive you. And then you're thinking, but I don't trust you. And I need my space and you're not going to come marching back into my life. That doesn't mean you have a head of the table seat at Thanksgiving this year, dad. You don't have to tell him this, but this is what you, this is the rock that you stand on. You're not coming to my house for Thanksgiving. You're not going to be around my kids until you earn it because trust is earned. Forgiveness is free. It's a gift of grace. A free gift of grace is forgiveness, but trust is earned. Dad, you got to earn this trust. I love you. I forgive you. But no, you're not coming over for Thanksgiving. Not until you earn this trust. That earned trust comes with how he reacts to your forgiveness. You give him a no-strings-attached free gift of grace forgiveness, and he doesn't accept it, and he fights against it, he's not earning your trust. And so that just prolongs the time that he actually gets to come back into your life. Okay, so separate those two things. Forgive. That's where the closure comes from. Don't trust. Has nothing, trust has nothing to do with closure. You don't walk away and go, I got closure now because I trust him. Now, it's two different things, okay? Amy, thank you for the email. All right, next question. Subject line says, I messed up. Granger, I'm 14 years old. I'm a freshman. At my first ever high school football game, I was given a cup with the contents unknown and was told it was Kool-Aid at the time, and for some reason, I drank it. At the time, after having the drink, I lost my balance and everything became blurry. 
during the time that things were blurry. I couldn't understand what was going on, and I made some bad decisions. But I got help from my friends, and they got me home safely. The problem is, I don't know what they're going to say or think about me now, and I don't know how much of the school knows. My friends know that I was told that the cup was Kool-Aid. I have learned now that the contents of the cup were alcohol. The past couple of days, I've been praying, and I don't know how to fix the things I did at the game. Question comes from Joseph. Joseph, 14 years old, freshman. Woo! Thanks for the email, buddy. I'm, try- I'm pausing because I'm trying to figure out how not to yell at you. How, to be, how am I going to be sweet to you, Joseph? Because what I really want to say is, Joseph, stop being so stupid. Stop being so stupid. <laughs> I said, can I please, can I say that in a loving way? Listen, the opposite of love is indifference. Meaning, the opposite of love is indifference. And I say that because if I didn't say anything to you out of love and the opposite of love is indifference, that means, dude, I don't care. I don't care about your email. I don't care about your story. I don't care. Just Joseph, I don't care at all. I could, I could go either way. I just, it really doesn't matter at all to me. That's indifference. And that's the opposite of love. If I truly loved you, which I love my podcast listeners, if I truly loved you, then I would take time from your email and I would dig in and I would say, Joseph, stop being stupid. Do you not know, do you not know to not drink a cup that someone passes you? Just a random open container and they're like, here, Joseph, drink this, it's Kool-Aid. And you're like, okay, I will drink the Kool-Aid. Are you serious, bro? I know you're 14, but dude, you know this stuff, man. Okay, and the second thing is, what are you, what are you talking about? You didn't, you thought it was Kool-Aid. It just tasted really weird. You serious right now? You thought it tasted weird? It's like, well, this is an interesting taste in Kool-Aid. Never had Kool-Aid like this, and it's making me buzz right now. It's making me dizzy. And it never connected with you that, yes, people drink at high school football games and everyone else was drinking this Kool-Aid and they're getting drunk and I cannot believe... Listen, this is what I'm trying to say. Bro, you're either being really dumb right now or you're just in total denial. Because this whole email, nothing you said is going to fix your problem, okay? You actually think you have a problem right now because... You don't know what your friends are going to think, and you don't know how much of the school knows. The real problem is you're not owning up to a mistake. I know that 14 is still a kid, but man, you probably look like a man by now. You're probably getting size the size of a man, so I'm going to treat you like a man. And I'm going to say, dude, stop it. Stop this. Stop this denial talk and just own up to it. It looks like this. It looks like th- this is what your email should have said, Okay. It should have said, Granger, I'm 14 years old. I'm a freshman. I went to my first ever high school football game. I was given a cup with the contents unknown and told it was Kool-Aid. I was so stupid, Granger, because I actually drank it. Can you believe I actually drank some contents of a cup that was open from some other people that were getting drunk and I drank it and dude, I was so stupid. And then I realized I got drunk and I realized I made mistakes. 
and then I, I screwed up at the game, and then my friends took me home. I just really screwed up, man. I got drunk, and I, I, the, my intention was sincere at the beginning, but now I know I'm drunk. I got drunk, and I just really screwed up. So that's what your email should have said. And the way you fix that is you you go to your friends and you go, guys, thank you, thank you so much for taking care of me. I'm, I am a complete idiot. I mean, everybody on the planet knows. Don't just drink a random cup from a random person who says it's Kool-Aid. Like That's like a, a bad meme. And I messed up. And guys, you guys are real friends because you took care of me and I said some stupid things. I did some stupid things. And I just, man, guys, look after me. You guys are amazing. I'm not going to do that again, okay? I give, guys, I give you my word. I'm not going to do that again. And then if the school found out and that's a problem with the principal, whatever, own it. Own it up to the principal. Just say, hey, yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. I messed up. And I will take whatever punishment is coming my way. I will own whatever school punishment comes my way because I'm an idiot and I was blindsided and then I fell into the trap and I didn't stop drinking. When I felt something strange happening, I kept sipping the stupid Kool-Aid and I, I'm so sorry. This called, Joseph, that's, that's called remorse, okay? You got to have a remorseful heart when you mess up. But this, this garbage, dude, about you in denial of this strange email you wrote about all these strange details of how you're totally innocent. Oh, my God. I'm so, I'm so innocent. I had no idea. This was everyone else's fault. This is definitely, do you understand, Granger, the trap I fell into because everyone else set me up in this perfect trap and I'm just Mr. Innocent. Dude, just own it. Tell your friends, guys. <laughs> I screwed up. Principal, punish me. I'll take the punishment and I will not mess up again. I won't make the same mistake twice, right? Everybody is allowed that kind of mistake at 14. Just don't do it again. I say this out of love, Joseph. If I didn't care, I wouldn't bring it up. I would just delete the email. I'd be like, this guy's lost it. I'm, I don't care. But I do care. I do care about you, man. I care about you. You listen to this podcast. You have, you have the guts, first of all, to email me. That's cool. Like, where's that? Where's the side of you that said, I'm going to email Granger Smith and tell him the story? That part of you, whatever that was inside your gut that, that pulled out and said, I've got, I'm going to be brave. I got some courage to email and dump my story on Granger Smith on his podcast. I want that side to come out, bro. You. I'm speaking to you, the, the part of Joseph that has courage. I want that side of you to own it. Own your mistake. Accept the punishment. Thank your friends for being there for you. And don't do it again. Happy Monday. Love you guys. See you next Monday. Yee yee. Thanks for joining me on the Granger Smith Podcast. I appreciate all of you guys. You could help me out by rating this podcast on iTunes. If you're on YouTube, subscribe to this channel. Hit that little like button and notifications bell so that you never miss any time I upload a video. If you have a question for me that you would like me to answer, email grangersmithpodcast at gmail.com. Yee yee.